0: Are you tired of using low-quality bags to pick up after your dog? Do you get dog poop all over your hand when cleaning up their mess? What you need is a Mutt Mitt, a strong two-ply bag that makes it super-duper easy and hygienic to pick up your dog's waste. Check it out on muttmitsireland.ie. Mutt Mitts, better than a bag. Proud sponsor of the Big Bark Podcast.
1: It's the big
0: bark with the latest of the canines. The big bark, all the doggiest headlines. With your hosts Dara, Millie, Roxy, and Bruno, they're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners, and dogs. It's the big bark. The big. Good morning and a huge welcome to the Big Bear Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Burke, and I'm joined here by Bruno, Millie and Roxy here this morning. All happy out, sound asleep next to me after the lovely breaky this morning. And um, If you listen closely throughout the show, you're going to be able to hear old man Bruno snoring because like, he actually sounds like an old man. When he snores, he re- he really, really does. Like he actually sounds like a fella who's like seventy or eighty years of age when he snores. So okay, uh, we've been off here for a couple of weeks. I uh, just didn't have the content there. Been doing other stuff. So it's been what I'd say about three, four weeks since we've had an episode. But look, like spread them out or till Christmas. What are we are uh, coming up today for you? Speaking of Christmas, unfortunately, have to talk about that thing. Uh, we have a little announcement to make. there now uh, in a few minutes uh, is in relation to our calendar campaign. We'll be announcing all the details of that. We still have an announcement which will be made next week in relation to our second charity but we'll give you all the details that we have so far um we'll be doing that in about maybe five minutes or so today we're going to be talking a lot about the i suppose the dog bands that are occurring especially in the uk with the xl bully type breed and we'll be Trying to be about that, and I suppose one horrible, horrible story that I saw. Hate telling the horrible stories, lads, but they have to be told. Uh, which is actually in relation to Excel bullies, and it relates to an incident that happened there about, about three days ago on Thursday last week. Thursday last week, and it involves another Excel bully attack. But I'll fill you in on that shortly because the actual story itself was, like, shocking to hear. But, yeah, okay, so, like, that's the big thing that we'll be talking about. Uh, We'll be talking with Samantha Ross in a bit on this afterwards as well. And not just in relation to the XL Buddy type breed, but when you're buying a breed or when you're adopting a breed or, like, whatever way you're getting your dog, make sure you do your research on the breed know what their characteristics are, know what their history is, know who's breeding them, uh, know, like, trying to get to know the breeders. So Samantha's going to be talking all about that in a while. And I'll be sharing kind of my own story of that too a bit later on. And I'm going to be telling you a weird, a really weird messed up story um, about, if you anyone has been following the news lately, uh, somebody named Toko, who... Paid twelve and a half thousand to become a dog. This is a man who paid twelve and a half thousand to become a dog. And surprise, surprise, is being shunned by real canines. Oh my God! What's that like, doggy? Like doggy racism, doggy prejudice? Well, no, because he's actually not a dog. So, well, give you a bit more on that in a while. Um, for now, anyway. First story I want to talk about is <coughs> so. Myself and Roxy, this week come in, we are going to be doing scent, a scent based workshop in just down here in Limerick. And it is out in, oh, I think the Newport area, which is actually Tipperary. Uh, I know Roxy, poor Roxy, has to step foot back and tip again. Uh, I don't think she's too fond of that. But it is, yes, a scent detection foundation workshop. That is what it is called. So that is happening this Saturday morning on the 7th of October. So we'll have all the details on that uh, for you, like, next week. And you need a Y-shaped harness and regularly like for your dog. I don't know what Y Y-shaped harness is, lads, but uh, I'll have to look into that. But I have a harness for her, and she's uh, going to them in a minute. I'll tell you all about how that works. But, okay, anyway, so here we go. Uh talking, uh, like we're going to be talking like that next week, but and letting you know how we got I've been taking Roxy on a lot of kind of hikes and stuff lately, and yes, I know, everyone's probably thinking, why don't Bruno and Millie get to go on the hikes as well, because, well Millie is um, a how do I put this nicely, Millie is an older dog now, and she's not able for the really long walkies, so She's not able for that, but she is well able for her like nice short enough kids as well. Uh, she likes her relaxation. She doesn't like the hilly walks or anything like that. Bruno has hip dysplasia and arthritis, so he's definitely not able for those hikey hilly walks either. But Roxy, on the other hand, she really is. We got Roxy a non harness only there a couple of weeks ago and I will tell you one thing we got it from Pet Stop over in Childers Road here in Limerick and as always thanks to the team in Pet Stop for everything that we get there for the doggies for all three of the doggies they love the pigs ears there but back to the harness this thing has changed my walking life not my life in general because that's going to be too far but it's changed my walking life it's like Roxy is just like walking a different dog now she walks by my side with the harness on, and we have all those uh, healthy, it's a healthy non pull harness, and it has the healthy, like the training lead kind of thing as well. A double lead on it, but where one goes onto the front of the harness, the other, goes, the other end of it goes onto the back of the harness. So, yeah, we have that, and she's so much, so much easier to walk. I've been doing kind of a lot of like my own kind of training with her lately. Just trying to get her to behave a bit more. Uh, she's doing, still doing a lot of hole digging. Last week, she still ripped up a lot of stuff. Last week, she t- uh, broke my electric blanket, which I have had since I moved into the house here. about f- Probably five years or so. Four or five years. I don't know how long I'm living in this house now. Four years, I'd say, anyway. But, yeah. She ripped up the electric blanket. Like. Tore straight through the cable. Bye bye, electric blanket, no longer electric. So that went to the bin and had to get a new one. It's dog. Look, I'll tell you one thing if you're getting pop. Just again, make sure that you do your research uh, because some puppies like to chew every single thing up. I picked up something else, though, last week. And that was a elite. So, trying to train Roxy on recall. Now what did I do? I got a big ass 25 meter tracking late. And I was like okay. Let's try and get her out in the field out the back here. Lovely big field out the back here that we have. Try and train her on recall. First few attempts started to go very well. Roxy was coming back to me. Very good girl Roxy. Very good coming back to me. Um Then she went crazy. And she started doing zoomies. And I mean serious, serious loomies. But I was trying to figure out why are you running around in circles? And then I copped on that she was running around me. So she wasn't just running around in circles. She was tying me up with the 25 meter track Only for her all of a sudden to look at me and smile. I swear to God she smiled before she actually did this. And pulled full force and I went flying on my ass. My back. Maybe bang my head. I don't actually know. I don't know if I bang my head. I can't really remember. Uh, Roxy then of course came over. While I was on the ground. Covered in muck on my head. Because it was very mucky out there. And Roxy comes over. And starts jumping all over me. Giving me loads of kisses. And say, daddy come on. Get up off the ground. Come on stop being an need Get up. Get up. Now I had seen this idea. On a, it's a show that we watched. Probably something a lot of people are familiar with and it's uh graham halls uh dogs behaving very badly first three seasons are available on netflix love watching it and roxy is absolutely addicted to the show but i actually think roxy is only addicted to the show because roxy is like she's watching what the dogs are doing before the trend she doesn't seem to have any interest in the solutions she just wants to Kind of get the idea of... Oh, I could do that too. So yeah. I'm fairly sure that Roxy probably got that from that show. But. Going to give her another try this week. On the tracking lid. And I'm going to pull out my drone as well. I have a DJI drone there. That I'm going to pull out. And I'm going to uh, let her... Be videoed. Because, well, you know. I don't exactly like... I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really want it going up on YouTube or anything, but I wanna see like how she manages to knock me over. Because you know she will. She will knock me over. This dog has successfully knocked me multiple times. But be a good thing now to get the old uh, training back on and getting her recall good because well that's something that she really needs. Anyway, uh that's how Roxy knocked the shite off of me during the week and my ass, I think, is still sore. My back was definitely sore after yesterday, but my ass is um very, very sore after. So she she enjoyed herself. I didn't. She did. So I suppose that's all you can ask for. Anyway, uh let's see. What else have we got coming up? Ah, uh, yes. Before I move on, okay. So a lot of today's show was is talking about like these XL bully breeds and stuff like that. uh but. What we want to talk about first is unfortunately we have to talk about Christmas. No. A lot of you love Christmas. But it's a bit early to be talking about Christmas. But we have to because we have we are launching our 2023 Christmas campaign this week. And last year for this I had Christmas music here in the background, but it's it's October. I am not putting Christmas music on in October. Fact that now. No way. No way am I putting Christmas music on in October. That can go on November or December. Who knows. Maybe Christmas Eve I'll show Christmas music on. Alright, anyway, we have our 2023 I Believe in Santa Claus campaign. Keep the same name as last year because we loved it. This year we are raising funds for two charities. We have the first one announced. The first one is DSPCA who we raised funds for last year as well. And we will be announcing our second charity next week. So, it will be somewhere down the kind of down towards the south, down towards the Midwest. One, we're not giving away too many details here. But anyway, we have our calendars this year again. We are dropping the Christmas cards this year because, well, a lot of people didn't want them. So, I thought they were very cute, but. Puppies being on, on Christmas cards. Well, they weren't overly popular last year. So we are focusing this year on the calendars themselves. We are trying to keep the prices in around 12 euro. We will have more details on prices later this week. Once we have all our quotes and all done up. And once we know like what the, what the printing and everything is costing this year. So we have a fair idea. But for now, the pre-orders will be available on a special price of 10 euro that's for definite the calendars will be available on pre-order price at 10 euro the submission form opens this week on the 5th which is i believe that's thursday that is thursday so yeah the submission form opens on the 5th of october so you can submit all your pictures to us over on our new website, which will be santaports dot dot ie when that opens. So, yeah, uh, let's see. We're gonna just give you an idea. Last year we had over a hundred and fifty uh, dogs in the calendar. Now, if you ordered the calendars last year, thank you very much. We did have to close the order in about five days early due to. After my brother passing away, everything just kind of went on the back burner then. So, this year, hopefully, everything goes well this year now. And we will be aiming to sell approximately 300 candles this year. That's what we're aiming for. So that we can get a, a good amount of funds raised. Now, we still haven't decided if we're doing a raffle or not yet uh we'll see we're gonna see and we'll have we'll decide that towards the next couple of weeks at the moment. the raffle is a no because it's uh well it's it's a no because it's a lot of work and but we'll see we' we're, we're gonna see what we'll do uh we might just have one big prize and a couple of tiny small prizes. But we'll know more about that later on in the week as well. We don't have full details on that just yet. But the site, either way, will be available on Thursday afternoon. Uh, 12 o'clock Thursday is the launch time for santapars.thebigbar.ie. You'll find all the details there. Again, raising for DSPCA. And we will be announcing our second charity next Monday as well. The submission form for the calendars to submit your images will be open until the 25th of October after that it's gone, bye bye, close we won't be accepting their entries uh, so get your entries in as early as you can uh, we have a couple of terms and conditions this year uh, anyone who actually wants a dog in their calendar, they do have to pre-order a calendar as well, because we're not just, look well, we love doing things for animal charities we're not a charity ourselves, so it's it all depends on the purchases and donations that everybody gives and to be um how to be I suppose quite uh I suppose blunt about it, if you want your taggy in the calendar you have to pre order a calendar. So all details on that will be up on the actual site. You don't have to necessarily pre order now, but we will be following up with you at a later date before the calendars actually go out uh to uh, go out for sale uh, uh go for print so before the calendars go for print which will be early November then well yeah you we will be expecting people to pre-order if they want a doggy in the calendar. So yeah, okay, that's only fair. And there was a lot of people last year who didn't so if they don't this year I'm sorry but you're disappointing your doggy by not having them in the calendar. Pretty simple, really, like it's a beautiful condo, and why would you not want your doggy to be up on the wall for, well, one month of the year, really, because um, it's a lot of different doggies per each month. So, yeah, that's pretty much all. Every detail then is over on the site. So, one other topic, I suppose, that I'm going to mention before... We move on to our main topic. And that is believe it or not. Right. So this is the weirdest weirdest thing that I've seen in my bloody life. Um So what you have. There is a doggy. Sorry. There is not a doggy. There is a fella over in I believe in Tokyo. And this guy. He wants he identified as a dog. Now, I didn't know that this was actually something you could choose a long time ago to identify as a different species, but yeah, apparently you can. It's not just identifying as, like, different genders anymore. You can identify now as a different species. So I am questioning the whole way through this. Has the world gone completely feckin' mental? So... I... Um... Yeah. This dog. Uh... I'm just going to bring up the article here because it comes from a few different papers on this. So Toko, nobody knows his real name. He's never given his real name. Gained worldwide fame at a personal clip of himself in a dog, in his dog costume walking the streets of Tokyo. But says real life canines won't treat him as an equal. Imagine that. That's, imagine that. A dog sense of smell and he won't treat like they won't treat him like a dog. It's it's almost like they know he's not a dog. So this bloke spent twelve and a half. That's such an English word. This man spent twelve and a half thousand to become a dog, and said he's shunned by real canines. So let's have a little read of this because I am really just questioning the. I don't know the, the insanity of this. The, It's just insane. A a man who spent thousands transforming himself into a dog since he keeps getting cruelly shunned by real-life canons. Toko, a wannabe border collie, rose to fame after a clip of him in his dog costume went viral. The Japanese man, who has never revealed his real name, shared a clip of himself done in the ultra-realistic costume. Now, it does look like a real collie, I'll tell you that much. As he walked through the streets of Tokyo on all fours. Well, he's now shared that he's struggling to make friends with other dogs that won't treat him as an equal. Now, in addition to this fella walking on all fours, being in a dog costume, I'm also questioning, like I'm questioning all that because it's, it's nuts, but I'm also questioning, like, what corner, like, is he buying his drugs on? Because it's not the same corner that everyone else is buying the bloody drugs on, like people that do drugs and all that. But like he, he's, this guy is definitely smoking something. He has to be. He spent 12500 on a border collie costume to realize his childhood dream. Like, he clearly never grew up to his childhood. He's amassed nearly 60,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. His efforts have interested people, but he hasn't landed any doggy friends. Now, he looks like. Do you know what? He looks a bit like Alf. If anyone remembers from the eighties, the face like of Alf, the alien Alf. You all everyone remembers Alf surely if you were around then. To our millennium and younger generations, I do apologize, you probably have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I was born in the eighties, so yeah, that's how I know of Alf. So he's been facing difficulties mingling with other dogs in the park. He seemed a little surprised and unfortunately did not treat me as an equal. Despite the setback and having made no progress so far, he seems optimistic about another approach for friendship. What's he going to do? Bring treats and give it to them? Oh my God! He said he is looking for other terrians That is people that identify as a non-human species. I'm. He has one video. There's three million views. I. I'm. I'm. Look at some of the comments underneath this. This guy must be barking mad. <laughs> Good one. Uh, also, someone here is focusing on the fact. First of all, get your facts right. It's not a border collie. It's a rough collie like Lassie. Actually, that's very true. It isn't a border collie. Uh, but no wonder real canines won't accept him What? because he's identified as the wrong bloody breed this is this is lads, this is mad and like this is why a question. What in God's name is going on with the world? It is just gone completely awfully crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'd love your thoughts on this. I'm gonna put a poll up on uh, the socials and on our Spotify in a while just to see what people actually think of this. Is he barking mad or should he keep going? So that's what we'll do. We'll put a poll up a bit later on today on Spotify and on Instagram as well. Uh, so, if you listen on Spotify, you'll be able to see the poll there. Now, let's move on because that's uh, really got me disturbed. Our main topic today, which is what we're going to be talking a bit about with Samantha, uh, champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson. We'll be talking with Samantha a bit about this. You've all heard lately, and I know our friend Jamie from Trails and Tales has covered this extensively as well. On his own social which has like a lot of followers on TikTok. But the XL bully attacks over in the UK. And there's been a number of them lately. There's been a couple of people uh, killed by XL bullies. And now the UK government has taken steps to introduce legislation to ban the XL bully breed. Now, as Samantha will tell you later on, look, when you're buying one of these breeds, you have to do your research. You have to do the research on the history of the breed. You have to do your research into the characteristics and the traits of the breed. And, like, you just need to know your facts before you get one of these breeds. How strong they are, how much exercise they need, have they, has the breed history, any sort of, like, violence or anything in its, in its like, uh, do you call it, in, in its history, like, uh, so this one now was one that happened last thursday it was in coventry in the uk and a man and woman were taken to hospital after an attacks attacked by an excel bully dog now i think what happened here is an absolute disgrace the reaction by the police and i'm gonna read this out just a warning for our i suppose any more sensitive kind of listeners out there who might you might find this hard to hear uh, so an extra uh, bully type dog was uh, tasered by police yes the dog was tasered by police and this is even worse and then was put in a wheelie bin by the police after attacking a man and a woman in Coventry officers were called around 4pm uh, on Thursday Thursday last after the dog violently attacked two people on personal road in Coventry Now, we normally don't cover news from the UK, but this is one that I'm just shocked at. West Midlands Police said the animal was tasered before being placed in a wheelie bin to ensure public safety. Like, I'm sorry, but... Yeah, okay, the dog might have been vicious, and might have attacked two people, but putting the dog in a wheelie bin and taser it, that is the most inhumane thing you can do. I say it time and time again. It is not the dogs that are at fault a lot of the time here. It's the breeders. It's the owners who aren't training these dogs properly. Who aren't getting really bad behaviour out of these dogs. And it's like... it's Look lads, you get a dog, it's up to you to train the dog. It's up to you to get your dog to respect other humans, to respect other animals... If you can't train a dog, get a dog trainer. It's as simple as that. If you're going, like, there are certain types of people who will get these breeds. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, these are people, I've course, not all of them, but a lot of people who get these breeds, they get them because they're bred for dog fighting, they're bred for, like, being vicious, they're bred for guard dogs, and they're scumbags who get these dogs a lot of the time. You have lovely people who get these dogs too, but please do your research. I have three Labradors here, one of whom is a Crossbred Bloodhound. We did our research on this breed. Now Samantha actually gave me a few facts as well about the breed that I didn't know about the history of the breed, which was very insightful, and I'll hear that a bit later on. Please, please research the breed this dog is now going to be destroyed. There's going to be a lot of XL bullies that are destroyed on the UK. I, for one, don't agree with the total banning of a breed. I also don't agree over here in Ireland with the restricted breed list. Now, something else that I talked to Samantha about in our upcoming little segment here in a few minutes, just to give you an example of some of the dogs. They're on the restricted breeds list. And on. You have the Rhodesian Ridgeback. You have Akita. You have Japanese Torso. You have German Shepherd, Rottweiler, Doberman, uh, Staffies. Now, I can pull at least a number of those on that list. Staffies, Dobermans, Rottweilers, German Shepherds. All those dogs, yes, traditionally, they have been used as guard dogs, like you would have seen in the movies and all. Dobermans has been used as guard dogs, in the likes of Scrapyard same as Rottweilers. German Shepherds I know on our own road here there's a house not too far from us and they've always had German Shepherds as guard dogs but these dogs are they're pets as well they're real pets to a lot of people like rottweilers are the most goofiest silliest dogs going if, like, and that's if they're obviously if they're trained right if they're bred properly German Shepherds can be the most noble, friendliest dog. Staffies. I don't think I've ever in my own life met an aggressive Staffie. I've met Staffies who are, like... Oh, jeez. Again, like, real... Kind of goofballs. And so friendly, so lovable, so, like... Just... Beautiful, beautiful dogs. And beautiful temperament. But this all comes down to how they actually how they're reared, how they're trained. So, you still have to do your research. You have, like, if you have one of these restricted breeds, you have to have a muzzle on them. You have to have a lead in public all times. The dog has to have, as for anyone, the dog has to be licensed, and microchipped, and have the owner's contact information on, on a tank. Now, only people over the age of 18 are allowed to own a restricted breed on the lead, leads and all have to be strong, have to be short. You need to be obeying the actual laws if you have these dogs here or not. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of small breeds as well. Like, I've like nearly been bit by two hours before. Like, Jack Russell's. My brother was bitten by Jack Russell when he was only seven or eight. Like, yeah, these these dogs, it's in every breed if they're not actually trained right. It's in their nature, to actually be, uh, how do I put this, pricks a bit, like, uh, I don't know, like, it's it's in a dog's nature, to, if they're not bred, bred properly, if they're not trained properly, it's in their nature that they can be vicious as well. So you have to know the breeding. Like, you can't, like, they say there's no such thing as a bad dog, there's only such thing as a bad human. I agree, there is no such thing as a bad dog there is a thing a such thing as an untrained dog. And an untrained dog, especially certain breeds, can be catastrophic in the wrong hands. Now, I'm not going to talk too much more on that because I've talked enough and I want to let Samantha kind of talk about it here in a moment. And that's pretty much, that'll be kind of bringing up then towards the end of our show today. So, yeah, I'm going to, I suppose, just, take a word from our sponsors here and then we will be right back with uh samantha's uh segment on like dog breeds and on like the characteristics of dog breeds knowing how, like what you have and the importance of that and the importance again knowing the breeder as well stay tuned Are you tired of using low-quality bags to pick up after your dog? Do you get dog poop all over your hand when cleaning up their mess? What you need is a Mutt Mitt, a strong two-ply bag that makes it super-duper easy and hygienic to pick up your dog's waste. Check it out on MuttMitsIreland.ie. Mutt Mitts, better than a bag. Proud sponsor of the Big Bark Podcast. All right, so we'll be talking to Samantha, like I said, in just a moment. Now, before that, I'm going to kind of give you, I suppose, a few tips that you should be looking at when you are looking to buy from a breeder. Now, I know a lot of people don't agree, and a lot of people will be commenting underneath this and saying, Adopt on Shop. Look, lads, all for that. All for supporting animal charities. When well, myself and Jen went looking for a puppy not so long ago, we couldn't get one off a rescue because the conditions that were attached to that, the fencing and everything, I would have had to pay five to €600 Euro just to secure the area around my home when it wasn't even needed. Because that was the conditions that I would have been able to apply to adopt a dog. I'm not naming the charity but, or the rescue, but the conditions were just outrageous. And this is why, uh, like, it's why a number of people don't go to rescues. They go to breeders. But, look, I still always say, try to adopt where you can first. And if you need to go to a breeder, there's a number of tips that you have to that you have to follow. All right? So, first of all, uh, let's see. When you're contacting a breeder, choose carefully what information that you share about yourself. Share info, such as if you have a garden, young kids, or other suitable information to like let the seller know that you're, you're a suitable buyer. If you notice anything suspicious, like when buying online, like we used DogStory when we got Roxy. And we kept everything through the messaging system on the site for as long as possible. If you see anything odd or suspicious, report the ad. On whatever site you're on, and report any suspicious activity to your local card station. Not to tell do too much anyway. Uh, Save a copy of like any ads as well for your own records. When you're buying a puppy, ask sellers to provide ID and take note of contact details. You'll have to provide the same and proof of address and transfer, because that's needed to transfer the microchip into your name. Make sure the dog's are microchip when you get it. Note the microchip IDs, and check the microchip certs when you visit to make sure they match, and the seller's details are all on the microchip cert too. Do not purchase a dog without seeing a microchip certificate, because it's actually illegal to sell a dog without a microchip that's fully registered. Ask to see the mother of the puppies, and if you can, ask to see the father too. Make sure the puppy is at least 8 weeks home before taking ownership. Close to 10-12 weeks would be better. See puppies in their home environment. And do not, for God's sake, do not purchase a dog from someone in a parking uh, lot. Or like in a, say like over in your local duns. Or on the side of a road or another location that's like completely random and away from the house. That raises crap tons of red flags straight away. Uh, ask about the vet who's been taking care of the actual dogs and ask for the vaccination source too and make sure you have some sort of a contract or like a basis for a written contract and ask for a written receipt too Uh, dogs are who you actually provide a template for a contract don't bring kids to your first meetings to avoid disappointment in case you decide not to buy a dog the important thing as well is make sure that you know what you're getting like don't buy a dog without knowing nothing, or don't adopt a dog without knowing nothing about the breed. I say, for example, you expect to be getting a small little dog, and then all of a sudden you find out, like, I'm meant to buy a Labrador. I'm expecting this to be small. I'm meant to buy in, like a German Shepherd puppy. This isn't going to get big. I'm meant to buy a Pomeranian. This will stay tiny. Let's know like know your breed. Research the breed first because. Otherwise, if you get a dog that's, like, way too big, you're going to end up probably giving that dog back or giving that dog up because you didn't realize how big that dog is going to be. That is something that a lot of animal rescues see. And I'm sure our friends in the likes of DSPCA could confirm that. They often get dogs surrendered because I didn't know how big that dog was going to be. If you're doing that, like... You should be, and you're adopting from, like, say, for example, from an animal rescue. Well, lads, I'm sorry to tell you, but you should, if you do that and you get the dog back, you should be blacklisted by that rescue. Plain and simple. Like, it's, it gets a dog's hope up to, like, adopt a dog or buy a dog and then have to give it up. I know there are certain circumstances where people have to give it up. That's understandable where that where they have to give it up. But just make sure that before you're like buying a dog, you do your research on the breed, please. Because it's not fair to the dogs otherwise having to like rehome and rehome them. It's really not fair. Like if you're expecting like if you buy a Bernese puppy or a Saint Bernard puppy or a German Shepherd puppy for example you expect a small dog. First tip: Look at her paws. When you're buying a pup, look at the paws. The paws are an indication of how big the dog will be. I've always said that. And I look at Roxy here now. Roxy is has massive, massive paws. We knew she'd be big. She's already taller than Millie and nearly taller than Bruno. And she's only seven, seven and a half months. So she's going to get bigger. She's going to be bigger than the two of them. She's full of energy. She. Wrecks the house completely. But we knew. When we were getting a lab. That we would have a hyper little puppy. Now she's sound asleep at the moment. Making a complete whole liar on me here like. But. She is. A bundle of energy. She needs a lot of walking. She. Needs a lot of attention. So do Bruno and Millie. They need a lot of attention. They love the attention. So. If you're buying something small, have a look again at the history of the breed. Like, say you're buying a Jack Russell. Okay, I have kids. Is this a good dog to have around kids? I'm buying an English Bulldog. Is this a good dog? Is this a good dog? Does it need a lot of walking? Does it need a lot of energy? Watch out for the likes of cavapoos, cockapoos any of these breeds you have to like know the history of both parents in those cases too for the same reason you just you you don't know again like what health issues they could have i'm going to be doing a little chat with our friends in three vets in a couple of weeks on the likes of these breeds uh like these designer dogs as people call them because yeah like you these are breeds typically speaking that on their own, have health issues, and now they've been crossbred. So, how many issues will they actually have going forward? That is the big question. Like, and we it's still early days. These are new and breed. They haven't been around for a long time. So, we need to actually like kind of get an idea of what health complications these breeds are going to have. And I'm sure there's already. Reports of these, I'll be chatting with Ad uh, Lads and Tree events about this in a couple of weeks as well. So, we'll have more on that episode. Uh, for now, though, uh, I'm turning this over to Samantha. And again, look, full disclosure, these are uh, sessions that recorded previously in the week, so it will be a case that there will be, um, you know, like, ah, uh, there will be, like, it's not live, let's put it that way. So, yeah, okay then, and I'll be right back after this. So, okay, a bit earlier on in the show, we were talking a bit about the all the news that's going on over the UK at the moment with the various attacks that have happened and primarily from XL bullies and the different approach has been taken now by the UK government. They're looking into a completely banning the breed. But we wanted to kind of look at, I suppose, in general, why you have to know what characteristics and what traits your breed has. And to do that, we'd like to welcome back Samantha Rawson again to the show today. Samantha, big welcome back.
1: Hi, Dara. Hiya.
0: So, Samantha, this is a very topical issue right now, especially with the recent attacks over in the UK. But like, I'll be honest with you, for me, I'd be more afraid of a little Chihuahua who could bite my legs off, or a little Jack Russell, like They have a nasty little nip. My brother, years and years ago, God rest him, actually got bit by Jack Russell uh, down the road from us and he had to have four stitches put on his leg. So, like, there are loads of breeds. It's not just the XL bullies that can be dangerous. It can be any breed, really, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the XL bully is getting an awful lot of press because there has been quite a few incidents um, in the UK with them. And now the UK government, I think, has... has brought in legislation to 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 ban them or it's it's in the offing so what what that says to me is that that every dog owner has the responsibility to know where their dog has come from who is breeding their dogs and the breeders then have a responsibility to breed companion animals if they're selling them to the general public as pets <clears throat> excuse me so what's happened um with the XL bully in the UK is that apparently there is aggression in that line of XL bullies, that that the line of XL bullies, um, there is aggression in the background. And some of the dogs have been used for, <clears throat> excuse me, for um, baiting and for dog fighting. So obviously if a dog has dog fighting in its background, well, then it's not suitable as a family companion. So you need to look at the breeding lines. You need to know that your breeder Knows about the dog they're producing because an awful lot of breeders don't these days, um, and that you need to know that the line of genetics in your line of dog doesn't have any temperament issues. Now that's very hard to know if you're the person buying the pup, but we all have a duty of care, as you say. Your brother got bitten by a chihuahua, so a chihuahua can be a dangerous dog. You know, if if it's not controlled, a Yorkshire terrier can be a dangerous dog if it's not controlled. So control and training and um all of my training is done through play and, and fun. Um, but that needs to be done with all dogs from a really young age. So like as soon as they have their second vaccine and you can even train them as soon as you get them home at eight weeks. So if they're not completed their vaccines up until 12 weeks of age and you get them at eight weeks of age, you have four weeks of training. So, you know, engagement, play, you know using food and toys to get that dog totally focused on you and engaged with you. So there's no point. The thing about the XL Bully is by the time that dog is 10 months old, it's a massive dog and it's a strong dog. So if it's learned that it can drag you down the road and then it sees something it wants, whether that be another dog or whether it's a person or whatever it is, and it knows that it can pull you down the road at nine months of age, you then don't actually have any control over it. So I suppose the reason why the government want to ban them is because they have actually killed people and they're being owned and bred by people who don't have any control over them. So I suppose the British government are saying, right, let's get rid of them altogether. However, in the dog world, what they're saying is if you ban the breed, it's just going to get worse because it'll go underground. So, you know, you have the wrong people breeding them all together. So so they don't agree with banning breeds. They agree with trying to promote responsible dog ownership. And that means, you know, training your dog from a very young age and knowing what it's about. So say the Chihuahua, people say Chihuahuas are aggressive. Chihuahuas are little Mexican all-purpose dogs. So they're from Mexico and they're supposed to be good little gardeners. They're an all-round purpose dog, which means they're a companion, they're guarders, they're ratters, they're supposed to be everything. But one of their main functions is that they're guarders Um, and they develop very strong attachments to their owners and they generally don't like their owners or anything they perceive as theirs being interfered with. So anybody who knows about the Chihuahua knows that that comes with the breed. So they're not then surprised when the dog starts being possessive or a little bit um, protective around its resources. So, you know, You've kind of got to be very aware of that and get the dog used to sharing its possessions. So sharing its toys, sharing its owner, you know, sharing its space with other people and other dogs. So it doesn't matter what your breed of dog is. So, so say your new pup, Roxy, is a Labrador. So can you tell me a little bit about the Labrador? What do you know about the Labrador, Dar? Oh, uh, putting me, you're putting me on the
0: spot there now. <laughs> um, look, from my own experience, like Labrador's, any Labrador I've ever had, they've had a, always had a great temperament. Uh, okay. Like, they have a lot of energy. Roxy now has a lot of energy. And Roxy's energy comes out late at night as well, especially. It comes out around like 9, 10 o'clock. I think she thinks she's a bloody cat or something like she has this like okay, so she
1: gets the zoomies at sure, night she and, does
0: but like she, a lot of energy needs like a lot of stimulation and like even lately what i've done is i've got like her those snuffle mats and even like for walking she's very a very strong breed same with Bruno and Millie like they're very strong could not walk the three of them together but yeah. like but do you
1: know labrador was actually bred for do you know what the do you know the the original job i, of the I actually
0: believe it or not i actually don't i actually don't okay. I, I know they originally come from i believe it's uh, the labrador region in, over near canada that they actually come from
1: yeah yeah um, great but
0: okay. as to what they were bred for i i don't actually originally know i don't know okay. the, the deep history on it
1: okay so the labrador was originally bred to help fishermen bring in the nets Okay, so so they're kind of they are known as fishing dogs. So the story goes that when the fishermen were selling their wares to the British, the British noticed what a gorgeous dog the Labrador was. um, And then the fishermen started to get more money for their dogs than they did for their fish. So they then were they became popular with the um, British gentry, if you like. And they started to use them for hunting game and retrieving birds. So they then became the British sporting dog. Um, so an awful lot of people mistakenly think that the Labrador is actually a British dog when it's not. It's a Canadian dog and its original job was to help fishermen retrieve nets um, and to, to help them actually retrieve fish. So that's why Labradors, the Labrador is called the Labrador retriever. It's actually a retrieving dog and that's why they love water. And they also have a great memory. So if you throw a ball for a Labrador, they will usually remember where it landed. If they see it land, they they usually remember where it is. And and they also have an amazing appetite. So they're food mad. And there there's no evidence for this, but it is believed that they were kind of, that they, they were kind of starved and they only got food for actually working. So their food was probably a few fish when they're actually working. So they think that there is a bit of, um, Starvation back in the genetics of the Labradors, and that's why they're a little bit food mad. Um, but they will do anything for food, and they will do anything for toy, and um, because they have a really, really strong retrieving instinct. So that's your history of the Labrador Dara. So does that make sense and now I, that you know? Do you know?
0: What, it actually does because, like, look, I haven't really got Roxy out to any who yet. Uh, like with the wet. Well, I suppose if you count on the rain that we've had over the summer, but. Haven't we had a chance to, like, we used to take Millie and Bruno like, to, like, to Claire Glens, for example, and let them go into the water up there. And they just yeah. love it. And it was very, a uh, very interesting story, actually, for you. The original, the first day that Bruno went into the water, like, he was very nervous about going in. But when we got Millie then, Millie just jumped straight into the water. And straight away, just Bruno jumped in after her, followed her. There was no more fear. No oh, more. Yeah. I, it, it was gone. It was yeah, yeah. like... It's like, well, if she, okay. can, if she can do it, I can't have her show me up. But okay. it, it, it's almost you, like... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go so on. It, it's go. almost like at times that there's nearly a competitiveness to them as well. So, yeah, it's like when they're playing outside, like there's always a real competitiveness to the three of them to be the one to actually retrieve the ball. Like, Brilliant, it, okay. And
1: Oops. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I, I definitely find that, especially with Roxy, like she's just, but she's...
1: And do you ever use, do you ever use uh, floating retrieve toys then? Do you ever, to, uh, would you ever use a floating retrieve toy for, for water-based games?
0: I I have in the past, I have one there on the floor, actually, it's one of the Nerf ones. And it's, um, I'll show it to you there, if I can bring, actually my camera's not working, so I can show it to you, uh, but it's one of the Nerf ones and it's like... Uh, Almost resembles a stick to be honest. Yeah. So okay, great. I Okay, I've used that it's one lo- before. It, it floats, it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: brilliant. Okay. And did you happen to to mention, I know we're kinda of going off topic a wee bit, but did you say there that the dogs are competitive over the ball?
0: They they do seem to me especially Roxy, okay. it's like um like, Okay. They they always want like look, there's loads of tennis balls here, but she always wants right. to be the one to retrieve all of them.
1: Okay, so here's a tip for you. Here's a training tip. When you're playing with dogs, you never play with one or two balls. You've got to play with loads of balls. And from a training point of view, especially with Roxy, because she's young, you don't take her out with the other dogs. You've got to teach her how to retrieve to you, because sometimes what happens in dogs and I see this a fair bit. Is that one dog is chasing a ball, but the other dog is chasing the other dog, if you know what I mean. I get you. Yeah. Mm. So they lose focus on what they're actually supposed to be doing and they end up just chasing the other dog. So I would strongly advise that you take Roxy out by herself and play with two balls. So when she retrieves one and she drops it, you just throw the other one. Um, so it's really important that she learns to play retrieve with you yeah. rather than the, the other dog's always been present. um. Because you've got to make sure that she doesn't get that game confused in her head. And that the whole idea of trying to play retrieve, as far as I'm concerned, Dara, is from a control point of view that your dog is totally focused on you when you take it out in public. So it doesn't care about other dogs, doesn't care about other people. just says, give me the ball. Um, And that, yeah, you get a dog that will play a ball with you in a public place. That will keep you out of trouble most of the time. It's your get out of jail card. Because a dog that's... Focused on you isn't focused on anything else.
0: Okay, so going back, I suppose to the breeds then, like the different types of breeds, is there like different, say, breeds? Obviously, collies need a lot of stimulation as well. Like labs need a lot of stimulation. What what other breeds like need to be really, really stimulated and like need a lot of exercise? Well,
1: Well, they they it's not about kind of stimulation because sometimes dogs can get overstimulated and over aroused, and then they lose the plot altogether. So sometimes you think you're trying to train the dog. I mean, I say, say for instance, I have a Belgian Malinois, right? So high energy, high drive, wants to work, wants to be trained, wants to do stuff. But I had her out yesterday and the training wasn't going as well as I expected. And the reason why was because she got too high on the toy. So she got so high on the toy that she couldn't actually listen enough to figure out what I was trying to teach her. So today I'm going to take her out and, and just bring food. And I will play with her when the session is finished. So sometimes the toy sends them over the top. So you've got to be careful that you don't overstimulate dogs. So yes, dogs need to be trained and they need to be engaged. But sometimes with high high drive dogs, they actually get over the top too quickly. So again, what I would say about Roxy is, Instead of trying to keep her stimulated, you probably need to go the other way and teach her how to relax, especially when it comes to nine o'clock at night. So there has to be a cutoff point. So an awful lot of people with collies will say, oh, God, you know, that collie just never stops because nobody's ever taught them enough is enough. It's now downtime. So it's really important say when you're playing with Roxy. So I would only maybe play with her for 10 minutes. And then spend another 10 minutes just saying, calming her down and stroking her from collar to tail and just bringing her down so she learns how to relax. So it's not all about being high and being stimulated. You've got to, every time you play with them, you've got to spend as much time trying to re- get them to relax and to bring them down again. Um, so so that's as equally important. So, Because okay. some dogs go over the top then and they're as high as a kite. Okay. And I suppose,
0: like, just coming back again like to our original topic, like, we know in Ireland you have the restricted breeds list. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who don't agree with the actual list itself. But let's say, for example, I'm looking even at the list here online. You have, like, the Doberman, you have Rottweiler, you have German Shepherds on it, you have Akitas, you have uh, Mm -hmm. Staffies on it. Now a lot of yeah. these historically a lot of these dogs like you have your Rottweilers, your German Shepherds were used as guard dogs. So yeah. in a yeah. way, is is that why they're deemed to be more aggressive?
1: It's it, to be honest with you, Dara. I don't think it's the breed. I, I you know the government will will put in a list of breeds, but what I think they're really trying to to control are the people who own these dogs and are attracted to them. So there's a there's a certain type of individual that are attracted to these kind of macho type dogs, for want of a better word. So it's about the legislation trying to control the people and say, right, well, if you own one of these dogs, you now have extra responsibility put on you than somebody who owns a Labrador, because it's a certain type of person that owns these dogs. So it's, it's not it's not the dog. It's the person who owns them that isn't responsible. So they have a greater responsibility if you own these dogs. So I, I don't like the dog being kind of signaled out. I, I would put it back to the owner and say, right, yeah. if you own in a key, or if you own a Doberman or if you own a Rottweiler. I mean, Dobermans are absolute soft as anything. Right. I, I mean, I've, I've never met an aggressive Doberman ever. Dobermans are lovely, soft, scatty, quite spooky dogs. Um, but you know, they have a reputation because they've appeared in films and stuff and they're used as guard dogs. You know, Rotties were originally, Rottweilers originally were droving dogs. They were used to drive cattle to market. Um, so obviously then they're a bit like the Collies. So then they would guard their, their, their stock, if you like. Um, and then they became, you know, again, they've been used in films. So they got a reputation of being big, powerful dogs, but their original job was, as I say, droving. They were drover's dogs. So there was never there was never a hint of aggression in them, but they just got tagged with that because the wrong associations were made with them. Okay. Um, the German Shepherd, again, were were flock guarders. They were flock controllers. Um, they were never used as, um, you know, they never had a, a reputation for being aggressive, but they were then used by the army in the First and Second World Wars. So they got a great reputation as being a great one-man dog. But again, their original purpose was to to control sheep in um, uh, fenceless fields. There were no fences. So they were used to control sheep. They were like the, the an animal fence, if you like. So you'd have a couple of shepherds just keeping sheep within a field because there weren't any fences. Um so that was their original purpose. You know, the, the Akita is um, a very loyal dog, again, that would protect their area and protect their property. Um, and I suppose the thing about the Akita is to read an Akita is very hard because they don't give anything away. You know, they're, they're, their ears stay still, their tails stay still, you know, they don't give anything away. And that's why they would be considered aggressive because you can't read them. They keep their cards very close to their chest. Um, so it's not that the dogs themselves are aggressive. They just seem to attract the wrong type of person.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Um, okay. So, like, I suppose when getting a dog then and when people are researching the breed, what would be, the like, the main things that people should be researching?
1: Okay. The, breed, the breeder. So, my, my mantra is, Dara, is nice people produce nice dogs. Good people produce good dogs. Bad people produce bad dogs. Because a good person and a nice person cares about the dog. So they care about the bitch. They care about the father. They care about the person who's buying their potential pup. They want that pup back. If anything happens and their circumstances change, a good breeder will always say, please let me know. I would like to know where my dog is. So, you know, it's the person who sells a dog who doesn't care where it ends up. Then obviously they don't care about the pup. They don't care about the bitch probably. They don't care about the father of the dog. They don't care. So it's, it's, that's why I say nice people produce nice dogs. So when you're going to see a litter, you need to interview the person who's breeding them and see how much knowledge they have. Because if they don't have any knowledge, then they don't care. Because if they cared, they'd, go, they'd have the knowledge. They, they would be interested. They'd want to find out. Um, the other thing then I always say is spend time with the litter. So, you know, maybe see the dogs being fed, see the dogs being handled, maybe see if you can stay long enough for it to feed the puppies yourself. You know, one of my dogs that I bought years ago, I actually went over to the UK and I stayed the night with the breeder. So I was with that breeder for over 24 hours. So I knew about my puppy and I knew about the people who produced her before I even bought her. So it's about getting to know the person who's breeding your pup. And if you don't like the person, then move on. Um, And there are loads of litters out there and this dog is hopefully going to be with you for 15 years. There are people who, you know, put more time into buying a car than they do into buying a dog. And this dog is a living, emotional, sentient being, you know, that is going to share your life, please God, for 15 years. So please put an awful lot of thought into it. I mean, you know, we pick our partners. We, you know, we spend four years or s- s- longer with our partners before we commit. This is a 15 year relationship. So please do the research and make sure that the person who's produced your pup is a nice person and you like them and they will be there for you and they will be there to help you and support you over the 15 years of that relationship. I mean, that lady that I spent the night with, my dog died at 10. I was still in touch with her. I was in touch with her for all of those 10 years and after that. I was still in touch with her. So, you know, it was about as much having a relationship with the breeder as much as the dog.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And, like, even when we went to pick up Roxy, like, uh, like I was in touch with the breeder for about a week beforehand. And yeah. we drove up to... Jane finished work. At, I think it was about 5 o'clock she finished. And we drove to Vasqueira that evening. It must have been 9 o'clock when we were leaving there. Like, we spent... About three to four hours just chatting away to them like and just playing with the dogs as well. And the dogs were having out in the lawn with their young grandkids all day as well. So like you could tell as well, like the dogs were very well socialized. Um now very interesting what he didn't tell us was when the papers came from IKC, I looked at the name of it and she was named The Fruity One. And I was like <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, jeez, lads, you didn't tell us that beforehand. It explains a lot now, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 the fruity yeah. one. And, like, look, it was just, um, it, it was kind of one of those laugh moments. But we still send, regularly send pictures and videos and We're still in touch with the breeders as well. So, like, they love getting seen the pictures and the videos of Oxy as well.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So, you know, it's it's as much about the person. So, you know, again, my mantra is nice people produce nice dogs
0: absolutely and up oh, Samantha we're going to leave it there for today and we'll be back with you then next week where we will have a new topic on next week as well so we'll chat next week.
1: thanks Sarah
0: and a huge thank you again there to champion dog trainer Samantha awesome from the Canaan College for coming in to us and chatting to us all about different characteristics of dog breeds she gave me some wonderful information actually on Labradors, Sarah as you heard uh, I never knew the original history of Labrador was they were used by Canadian fishermen. Always knew Labradors were from Canada. But a lot of people have this idea that they're originally from England. You can argue with me on that, but you'll lose. Because the name alone, Labrador, is actually a region in Canada. So that is where Labradors come from. But I never knew that they were, I suppose, like used by fishermen to like reclaim, like, retrieve the nets and all that fishermen threw in very interesting story and it explains how they actually came over this way as well over the side world so thanks for sharing that samantha and that is all the time we have don't forget our santa oh i believe in santa Paul's campaign goes live this thursday 5th of october we'll have all details up on social media in the next day or so and we'll be keeping you updated we now have a tiktok page we have a TikTok page. Yes, I believe it's called Big Bear Podcast Official. I'm going to double check that for you. Yes, Big Bear Podcast Official. That is our handle over on TikTok. There's two handles technically there. The other one, uh, I can't get access to it. was the original one. Can't get access to it. So go with Big Bear Podcast Official. Just a few funny videos. Behind the scenes guys kind of stuff is what we're doing over there. Uh We have our Instagram page. We have our Facebook page. We have our X, is it? Twitter? X? Whatever you call it now. Uh Twitter form or uh, ex formally known as known as Twitter. Uh we don't really use that too much. Um but the Big Bad podcast on all of those So that's all we have time for. Be sure to follow us on social media. Thank you to Samantha for joining me today, and thank you to Muttman's Island, our sponsor, our primary sponsor for today's show, and Canine College for sponsoring clever canines. We will be back next week where we will be bringing you kind of a small way of information on Halloween. And we'll be telling you how to, I suppose, keep your dog safe in the run up to Halloween. We want to do this a bit earlier this year because there's no point in telling you the week of Halloween how to condition your dogs to sound, how to desensitize your dogs, what products you should be using in the run up to Halloween to help your dogs stay calm. We're doing that a bit early this year, but we will be having an actual Halloween, Halloween, Halloween episode. So we will have details of a halloween competition up online in the next few days as well and try and get your doggies in in costume uh we have a load of them here on our october for this year of the i believe in santa paul's calendar and i'm looking right up right there now in front of me and there's a load of doggies all dressed up And there's one dressed up as a i think he's a king i think he's the king of ireland or something uh, there's another one dressed up like surrounded by pumpkins. There's another one dressed up as a pumpkin. Uh, I think there was one holding a knife or something. Roxy likes the whole knife, so I might get her in a costume. Or that yeah, funny story. I'll tell you about that next week. That's all the time we have today. As always, follow social media. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on the big high E. Subscribe to our newsletter over there, and we'll begin that back on again soon. For now, myself, Bruno, Millie, Roxy, we are all gone off for our lovely morning walks below in the lovely campus below you To meet hopefully meet up Hal's Maggie and Susie, who they love to meet out and about. Take care guys, uh, give your doggies lots of hugs and we will see you next week. The latest on the canines, the big bark, all the doggiest headlines, with your hosts Jara, Millie, Roxy and Bruno, they're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training, talk with canine professionals, owners and dogs. Yes, the big bark, the big